My name is Jake Foster, and I'm a reporter at Clarksville Now, where each week our team of experienced journalists write about the latest happenings in and around Clarksville. We cover it all from the latest restaurant openings to breaking news about our government, schools, and community leaders. Whether you're new to Clarksville or have lived here for the past 50 plus years, I'm sure something has piqued your interest this week. Here are the top stories trending right now on ClarksvilleNow.com. This is your week, your news, a Clarksville Now original podcast. I'm Jake Foster along with uh, Chris Smith. He's back in the studio with us. Hey, Chris. Hey, Jake. And uh, Katie Gamble and Ryan Pluckelman are back. Hey, guys. Hey, glad to be back. Did you miss us? Yeah, but um, Lee and Tiffany were uh, they, they were fun to hang out with for a week. They're not we here did, right now, we though. Did, we did miss you guys, though. <laughs> good, good. But, uh, yeah, you guys do anything fun? Uh, we went. I went to Mexico for spring break. Thank goodness I went before all the travel alerts started happening. Yeah, yeah. Really. Yeah, you really, you really kind of lucked out. I yeah. did. Yeah, there was one today that they're now learning people not to go to Cancun, which that was where we flew into. Hmm. You dodged a bullet. You you had a great vacation. Thank God it wasn't literally. Exactly. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. We did have a great vacation. Mm-hmm. I hung out with my kiddos. It was just nice to spend time with them, make memories, and just have some sunshine. Mm-hmm. We sunshine is always good. Um, my, my daughter wanted to go see the movie Cocaine Bear, which was, uh, oh. boy, that'll make news someday. <laughs> <laughs> was that that Winnie the Pooh movie? Yeah, no, it wasn't. Uh, no, Winnie, no the Pooh, okay. Winnie the Pooh is not in that one. No, well, no, there's like this uh, Winnie the Pooh horror movie coming out. Oh, I really? Did, yeah, I and did so see that. I was wondering if it was associated with that because Cocaine Bear sounds like that would be. No, it was based on a I story. I so many different directions about Winnie the Pooh being in a horror movie. I had no idea. <laughs> yeah, it's a real thing. I, yeah. think it's, I, I think it's actually called for. Blood and Honey, I think is the actual <gasps> name. I think you're it. right. But Cocaine wow. Bear was based on something that happened out in the Knoxville area where some drug traffickers, some cocaine had fallen out of a plane and a bear got into it and went on a rampage. Like, this is a true oh. story. I don't think the movie is like blow for blow, true story-ish. Probably added some narrative I, drama I think to so. it. Maybe right. a love interest. Exactly. The poor bear. Right. Yeah. yeah. Right. But it was based on a true story, loosely based on a true story. Wow. I'm adding that to the list. Yeah. Put that on the list of movies you need to see, Jake. Well, cool. Well, we had uh, quite a bit to cover this week. Um, our first headline reads, APSU official fired over gross misconduct involving fake invoice for conference that didn't happen. Man, there's a lot to unpack here. Mm-hmm. Um, Chris, you kind of headed this story. You want to talk on this for a minute? Yeah, so I got a um, a tip on this story, and this is one of the reasons that we love when listeners um, will send us tips because we're not psychic and we don't have you know access to all information right. that uh, happens in the community. So I was really glad to get a, a tip about this that um, uh, APSU's um, executive director for the Center for Extended and International Education had been fired, and so I immediately started checking with APSU um, for confirmation of that and any documents associated with it. Um, the funny thing is, when uh, when that came up, I thought, Tim Hudson, Tim Hudson, why does that sound familiar? And I started doing a little bit of research, and I discovered that back in uh, 2019, there was a guy named Chris Smith at the Leaf Chronicle who had written articles about the last time Tim Hudson got in trouble. And it was me. I completely forgot this guy's name. But, um, now, where was he the last time he got in trouble? At well, no, he was same job. Um, so okay. he was hired um, by Rex Gandy, the former provost, as an interim employee making $137,000 a year. Um, and then, then Gandhi um, basically extended his contract for another 12 months. Um, but that is uh, against the rules at APSU. You can't just reappoint somebody to an interim position mm-hmm. indefinitely. It's limited to 12 months. So um, Gandhi and Hudson got in trouble for that, and the plan was they were going to reassess the position um, after his contract expired. 
Well, apparently they reassessed and decided to give him the job full time. Um, so he ended up making at one point one hundred and forty thousand dollars a year doing this job. Um, and then uh, an audit was done recently after APSU was tipped off um, that he had been submitting um, uh, questionable invoices for a bunch of the travel that he was doing. Um, one of the trips that he went on involved a fake invoice that he submitted for reimbursement, and um, the auditors determined it was fake. Um, and in his conversations with them, he admitted that he had falsified the invoice and made up the conference, which did not exist. And so they fired him. He well, made up. He made up a conference. Made up a conference. And said he went to made up conference. Mm-hmm. And he made, did he make like flyers for the made up conference with <laughs> fake speakers and like, like things to bring back to prove that he had gone there? You know, I, I never got a copy of. He probably didn't the, because he never thought he would be audited. He never thought this would be checked out. So he, mm-hmm. you know, he, he probably wasn't prepared for that. But I do, I don't know the story. And so I'm not going to like make up or even contribute to that. But I do know that he does not have a rock-solid reputation in Jonesboro, where he came from, either. Had you heard about his situation before? I didn't until today. Someone that I am friends with in Jonesboro read Clarksville now Mm -hmm. and said made note to him. And that's when I went and read it, and that's when I realized that he was there as well. So I didn't ask for a lot of detail. Mm -hmm. I just They didn't speak very highly of him and his role there. Yeah, and and that's some of the background about him as well. Back when he was at Arkansas, um, he actually um, was under investigation, criminal investigation, um, because he had essentially gotten his wife a job making $300,000 a year. And when um, he, uh, I, well, I guess he had tried to get her a job making $300,000 a year. She was appointed to an interim position. Um, and then he tried to get make, give her the permanent position. When he found out he would have to have the job posted, he withdrew the posting, essentially. So no one else would apply. Right. So um, that end, ended up going to a grand jury. A grand jury didn't find enough evidence to um, pursue charges. But, yeah, so that's one of the reasons he left Arkansas and came here. Okay, out of all that, and I've learned a lot, because, mm-hmm. you know, how, how great to have Chris, who wrote stories about the situation in the past, here with us, and, and Katie having some sources with, with other dealings. But here's what I've I learned. I won't repeat what they said. Right, right. <laughs> here's what I learned. When you are trying to get a job that pays six figures, apparently the hiring managers are like, yeah, whatever. Like they're not <laughs> checking references. References are not being called Here's for a six-figure gig. Here's the other thing you should learn is that anytime you lie and cheat, it will always catch up with you mm-hmm. eventually. Eventually, yeah, because I was just thinking, it's like, man, this guy kind of, you know, before he eventually got caught with this, he's he's been through some stuff. Mm-hmm. Like he's kind of. Got well, away with some stuff, really. I, I I can say that he wasn't hired through the normal. Mm-hmm. Well, I, I shouldn't even say through the normal chains because, you know, it's a six-figure job. Right. Um, and it kind of depends on who you know. Uh, he was friends with Rex Gandy um, from working together at a previous uh, university. Okay. So these guys were buddies who had worked together before. What generally happens in situations like this, somebody does something small and gets away with it, and then they get bolder and bolder and bolder until you get busted. So mm-hmm. what was the 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 bill? That that caught. How much was it? Because it wasn't that terribly much. Um, I believe it was eight hundred and something dollars. Yeah, it was right. Yeah. So the, the the dude's bringing in six figures a year and gets caught on eight hundred bucks that he made up submitting. That's why he got caught. On. Right, and exactly. he was reimbursed over sixteen grand for eight trips. Which I wonder how well, many of those trips were real. That's right what now, I'm saying. That's yep. what the eight hundred is. What he got caught on. A lot of conferences mm-hmm. are being googled right now to see if they're <laughs> actually a thing. 
I think this guy put a lot of work into falsifying some of these things. It's like, man, if you just put that work into finding a regular conference. (laughs) Isn't that the truth? Exactly. (laughs) Just go to a regular conference. (laughs) You know, because we just had a big, in Nashville, there was a big country radio seminar conference. And a lot of people will go there and they they learn some things. But there's also a lot of people that go there and just stay in their hotel and go drinking at night. So, you know, you don't Mm -hmm. have to go to all the... All the seminars. It's like the broadcast convention in Vegas. Right. Mm-hmm. Which can get a, little, get a little crazy. Yeah, that was a wild story and what, mm-hmm. what details have come out. Um, It'll be interesting to follow and see what continues with that story. I can mm-hmm. tell you right now, they're not just going to be approving reimbursement forms anymore. They're going to be checking. Whoever's yeah. cutting the checks at APSU is busting out the Google to see if these things are real moving mm-hmm. forward. Yeah, and that's one of the things APSU said in their response to the internal audit was that they need to do a better job of checking documentation and requiring documentation for um, this sort of thing. Uh, my wife works for the state of Tennessee, and she said, wow, that if anybody tried to pull that off with the department she works in, they would get their hands slapped in a hurry. Yeah, I can't pull it off here at Five Star. Mm. Like, there's <laughs> no way I could, like, they would, I would have to even get approved if I could even go to that seminar first mm-hmm. before I could even start documenting stuff. Like when Chris and I go out to lunch, I bring and I, and I expense it. I bring back the receipts, the actual printed receipts. He brings receipts. back the receipt. Mm-hmm. He brings back where they did the eyeball scan uh-huh. and did his finger. Yeah, no. I even take video of us eating just in case, you know, you got the backup proof. I'm not playing that game for $20. No siree. Man, well, this guy definitely spent a little more than $20. Yes, he did. Uh, moving on to our next headline. Authorities accuse Clarksville waste hauler of dumping mystery substance along road in Todd County. So here we have a... Uh, um, another instance of somebody trying to get away with something that they shouldn't get away with. Well, I looked at the pictures on that, and it does look just like snow. It does. It does. I yeah. thought it was snow when I saw the the image. That's why I thought too. I'm like, where's the stuff? I was looking at the picture, going, where's the stuff that has been dumped? Because it looked like a day after, you know, maybe five days after we had some snow here in the area, where it's yeah. just kind of. And they did. Yeah, they did determine that it wasn't hazardous. It was like a plastic, right? That's Not at true. First. It wasn't um, hazardous at first. It wasn't hazardous oh. at first, but then shortly after the company was notified that they had to go clean it up, um, it was set on fire. There were several small fires, and when it did that, it damaged the soil and then introduced some toxins to the environment. Oh my gosh! So I think. How did it catch fire? Uh, they haven't figured that out yet. Um, you know, you, we could speculate all day long. I'm sure we all have our our own thoughts about that, but yeah. Okay, because I thought you said like they lit it on fire to clean somebody it up. lit it on fire. Okay, but someone um, because lit it, it could have been someone driving down the road throwing out a cigarette, and that true. could have been it too. Because I don't know true. how flammable this stuff is. Yeah. Um, but yeah, it does look like snow or cocaine or whatever. Any you know, bears around? Yeah, cocaine bear too, right there in uh, Todd <laughs> County, Kentucky. Uh, but yeah, I mean, you could easily drive past that, and especially with how cold it's been, it's really not that so, hard to believe. They were hauling it somewhere, right? Going through Todd County to dispose of mm-hmm. it. Yes. What, what kind of vehicle were they hauling it in? A dump truck? A, I mean, obviously it wasn't covered. Yeah, the company hasn't said much. Um, so I don't know if maybe, you know, they missed a curve and then, you know, maybe they had to stop abruptly and then a lot of it came out. Because I, I don't think that's all of it. They did say it ended up covering three acres, but there's definitely more in some areas than there is in others. So, and and it looks to me like, there was maybe some kind of leakage. Maybe a tarp wasn't tied all the way That's down. Right. Mm-hmm. And then maybe they caught it later. And then I just, just don't like, believe oh. they would intentionally go, let's just let all this stuff yeah, go right. everywhere. Something happened. Yeah. What probably happened was someone had a full load. They got in the vehicle. And when they got to where they were wanting to go, they looked it back and said, did we forget to load the truck? There's nothing in the back. Did we not tie yeah. that corner of that tarp Right. Down? It was, there's some little bit of human You got to pull the tie and be like, yep, that puppy's not going anywhere. Exactly. Got to do that every time. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, but yeah, that was that was something that was really interesting and came across recently. This was actually um, our news partners, WKRN, investigated this. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know if there was anything malicious behind it. Uh, the investigation's ongoing, so hopefully we'll find out some more details about it. But uh, yeah, it is a shame that all of that was just kind of thrown out there. But of course, when you, you there's no way you couldn't have noticed it as soon as it that, was yeah. there, especially if you went back and fixed the tarp or whatever. So I think leaving it there, you, you could have at least called somebody or called the local sheriff and be like, hey, you know, we had we had this issue and now there's some stuff on the side of the road. We'll get it cleaned up. So, um, But nobody was notified. Years ago, we had these old moving trucks at the radio station, these box trucks that we called the bread trucks. And I had to take one down to Hopkinsville. I so remember I'd those. Load, I'd load it up full of stuff in the back and take it to Hopkinsville. Well, these, these weren't brand spanking new, much like the U-Haul you get when you move. They were 10 years old with 900,000 miles on it. And, you know, the latch works sometimes. And the latch was starting to fail. And so here I am going down Interstate 24 with thousands of dollars of equipment in the this back. This is the first time I'm hearing this story, by the way. <laughs> Statute of limitations has expired, by the way. So I cannot get written up for this. And it wasn't my fault anyway. So I didn't, the latch wasn't working anymore. So I'm cruising down I-24 and people are honking as they're driving oh, by. No. And I'm thinking, oh, well, they must know that that. Ryan's. They must know that I'm Ryan. Ryan, 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 I'm waving. I'm waving. I'm like, hey, how are you? Maybe they're honking for Jesus or something. Maybe. And I'm thinking, man, have I got fans on I-24? This is this is like my 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 fan club is following me down I-24. I love how that's your first thought. Like, right. yeah, yeah, they know who I am. I am so cool. That's this what is I am famous. And so, and they, they just drive by and honk, and I'm like, well, they don't obviously want to distract me and spend much of my time, so just just carry on. Well, one gal pulled up alongside me and rolled down her window and is yelling something at me, and I can't hear it. Because I got the window open, and I've got the music cranking, and so she's you know pointing and stuff, and I'm like, yes, I know I'm great, but I, <laughs> she, wouldn't, she wouldn't stop, and so I rolled down the window because I had crank windows on. I turned down the radio, and she goes, "The back of your van is open," and I'm like, "What?" And she says it again. I'm like, the back of the van is open? She goes, yes. <laughs> and so I pulled right over on the side of the road. And sure enough, oh. the back of the bread truck was wide open. And thank God, not a single piece of equipment fell out. Wow. wow. Mainly because it'd be hard to explain like, hey, hey, Katie. That- well, mainly because we wouldn't want somebody else to hit it and get hurt. Well, I'm glad you said that because that was my second <laughs> thought. My first <laughs> thought was, how am I going to explain to the boss that I don't know where that $1,500 speaker set is now? Oh. It's somewhere in, in, outside of Guthrie. Thank so. God it's not wouldn't plant it in somebody's windshield. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So that, as a person who nearly lost a whole lot of stuff on the side of the road, I can kind of sympathize. But what you really learned from the situation was you weren't as famous as you thought you were. <laughs> that was a very humbling moment for me. <laughs> my, my head was getting bigger and bigger and bigger with each honking car, and all of a sudden, just deflated like a balloon. <laughs> Ryan's thinking the woman is like trying to yell her phone number at him. <laughs> Ma'am, I'm married. <laughs> Sorry, I'm married. Not interested. <laughs> that's funny. Wow. That's incredible uh-huh. what were we talking about what was- <laughs> <laughs> we were t- listen we were talking about the waste hall yeah yeah that's yeah. right and yeah, one yeah. Of the things yeah. i was going to add to that conversation and i don't know this is fact or not but sometimes these companies hire outside contractors to do some of this stuff so we don't know mm-hmm. that that was maybe the case you talk about how could somebody notice that I mean, it's been in my experience with Amazon drivers that when they're outside contractors, they don't care about their job as much. So who knows? You know, we don't yeah. know the whole story yeah. about all that yet. Hopefully we'll find out some more info, mm-hmm. though. 
Uh, moving on to our next headline, investigators looking for information on suspicious fire in northwest Clarksville. Fires are never good. Mm-hmm. So uh, Clarksville Fire Rescue Investigators and the Tennessee Bureau of Investigation, uh, they're looking for some more information on this house fire in northwest Clarksville. It happened actually on Sunday at about 4.50 a.m. Uh, they were on the scene, I think it was at 522 Sourwood Drive, north of Dover Road. Um, they said firefighters arrived to heavy flames and smoke coming from the back roof of the house. And Chris, you actually wrote this story up. Did you, were you able to talk to anybody about uh, what, what happened? Was this like a maliciously started fire? Or was this? Yeah, I, I think that's what um, firefighters or fire investigators are suspecting. Um, when this came up on Sunday as breaking news, I thought it was odd um, that uh, Clarksville Fire Rescue was saying that they were getting conflicting reports about whether the house was abandoned at the mm-hmm. time. Yeah, thank God um, it was. Well, right? yeah. Um, well, they they don't know because oh, people, neighbor, I guess neighbors were saying th- there was somebody living there, and other neighbors were saying no, nobody was living there. And so, I guess maybe somebody was living there who wasn't supposed to be maybe living there, was or maybe squatting was, there. Yeah. Um, okay. So they're, they're thinking. It looks like they're thinking maybe arson. Okay. Oh no. Um, the, the arson investigators are looking into it anyway. But um, so yeah, it's um, it's suspicious. And if anybody knows anything or can tip anyone off. They have so much technology that they can tell you where those fires started, mm-hmm. how they started. With It is just amazing to me. It's not like in the old days, you know. They right. Can, they can go, they can trace it back to the source of that fire. You're right. The technology is amazing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, if you know anything or you know someone that does, uh, an award up to $5,000 may be paid for the information that leads to the identification of any person committing arson. So there is an award involved. Five thousand. Mm-hmm. Um, not chump change for sure, but uh, yeah. Uh, and and you know, a fire this time of year is not necessarily unusual. Um, it's winter time. There's always space heater mishaps and things like that. Of course, we're coming out of winter now, but coming out um, of those windstorms too. Yeah, that who knows? too. So um, yeah. So hopefully they find out who did this. But uh, that was one of our stories this week. And like I said, if you know any information, let the fire investigators know. Five thousand bucks up for grabs. Uh, Our next story, with over 900 new jobs coming to downtown, Clarksville is growing its hospitality industry. Mm -hmm. And I I think just about every podcast we've recorded so far has talked about a new business, except this one, ironically, um, and sometimes two new businesses. So uh, there's all kinds of jobs coming to Clarksville right now. And it it was really interesting because during the pandemic, at the the start of the pandemic, you know, so many people were laid off of work. Yeah. And then so many businesses had such a hard time getting people towards the latter half of the pandemic and coming out of it, and even still now. Um, so hopefully they'll be able to fill these jobs. That was one thing that I was thinking about as I was reading this. I was like, man, I really hope that they're going to be able to do that. Of course, with how Clarksville is booming, I don't see how they wouldn't because there's people moving here every day. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And the guy that um, Jordan interviewed about this was an APSU professor, and I, I thought it was neat some of the things he was saying about the hospitality industry and the things that you learn, um, you know, like work ethic, customer service, um, how to hustle, you yeah. know, um, I thought it was really interesting because, because those are things that I learned in my early, I used to be a bus boy and then I was a, a waiter. That was like the first real job I had was as a bus boy. And man, I learned you, if, if the waiter says move, you I'm trying not to curse, um, <laughs> <laughs> you darn well better move fast or you are going to get screamed at or th- have something thrown at you. I mean, that was the environment I was in, in the late eighties. Um, but, uh, but yeah, it really teaches you working in restaurant business really teaches you to, you got to move. Um, you got to be prompt. You got to have a sense of urgency. Oh, absolutely. It teaches you conflict resolution skills Mm -hmm. too, because not every customer wants the same thing. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And you've got to be able to navigate that when someone's got a complaint. I'll never forget. I was, when I was in college, I was working full time at a deli and there was this guy that came up one day. He was an older gentleman, probably early sixties. 
and he wanted freshly sliced Eckridge bologna from the deli. All right. Eckridge bologna is not a very popular product. It's bologna. It's the cheapest cut of bologna you can basically get. You can get it off the wall at the store. Is there, a, guy, is there a dusty container of it in the back that you had to go and blow off? And, well, we, I think this is it. Well, you see, that's the problem. We didn't have any. Oh. So he came up to the deli. He's like, I'd, I'd like a pound of fresh sliced Eckridge bologna on a two. And you know, you got, you, yeah, there's yeah. certain levels you got to slice it on. And I was like, I'm sorry, sir. We don't have that. And he's like, what? And I had never seen somebody lose their this mind over bologna before. He, bologna. Yes. he did, yeah. He was yelling at me. I got called every name in the book. I was like, and I, you know, I'm an 18-year-old kid just working at a deli trying to make it through college. And I was like, sir, it's on order. Like, we're going to have it. Just come back in like a couple days. We'll have it. He's like, well, I want Eckridge bologna now. And I was like, sir, there's a whole wall filled of it over there. Yeah. And I was like, I was trying my best. I was like, oh, we have this you might like. You know, we have ham. You know, it's not bologna. Here's what I would have uh, done. Yeah. What did you do, though? I want to hear what he did. <laughs> oh. Um, I, I, I just offered him several different things. Um, you, you know, storm off. He eventually did. His wife was like holding him back. Like he was Why? literally like, yeah, it was crazy. I'd never experienced anything like that. Um, that was probably my worst customer service story I think I've ever had working in the industry. But it, but it did teach me a lot. Um, one, people like their baloney. <laughs> <laughs> Two, always remember when something is out to let the manager know mm-hmm. so we don't run yeah, out. Yeah. And then three, you can't make everybody happy. But you can do what you can. That's so. mm-hmm. good. Those are three good yeah. things. What I was going to say, Jake, is what I would have done in your situation because I can't stand people not liking me. <laughs> and Katie knows that. Uh, I would have I would have found a nicer cut of bologna and told them it was Eckridge bologna and been like, oh, <laughs> yeah, here's two pounds of Eckridge bologna on level two. And yeah. I would have charged them the same price. I wish we had a higher level cut of bologna, but we were out of that too. You're out of, you're out of all bologna? We didn't, we didn't have a very what good kind supervisor. What were you working at? <laughs> well, we had ham and like roast beef, you know, the good stuff. So you could have maybe snuck over to the, the prepackaged stuff on the wall and like, <laughs> yeah, hold on just a second. Well, that thought around. did cross my mind. Um, <laughs> but we had actually, we, we tried to do that once actually, but there's a huge difference between wall deli and slice deli. Mm. You can um, see the, you can see the, Cuts the, in it. The grain. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. And the yumminess of the cut. Mm-hmm. Yeah. The, <laughs> Especially the that bologna. bologna, you know, all that. <laughs> yeah. Uh, all the good well, whatever's in there. Well, real smooth. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it was at that moment Jake realized he was going to go to college and get a job <laughs> in the news industry because he did not want to <laughs> yeah. slice bologna anymore. He did not want to be a butcher after that. But here's yeah. the good thing about these jobs downtown. Downtown is changing so mm-hmm. much for the better. I mean, mm-hmm. really, every time you drive downtown, something new is popping up. Something's getting ready to open. And there's a lot of money being funneled downtown. And just think of when the FM Bank Arena opens and you've got a show downtown. These are going to be some, you're going to have a potential to make some pretty good tips down there at some of these restaurants mm-hmm. near the FM Bank Arena. That it's, it's, a, it's a good gig. Yeah, because these are also, you know, like individually owned places. These, these are like high-end places. Like take Shelby's Trio. You right. have that really nice Italian place in the middle, which I'm still fascinated by Shelby's Trio because it's literally a three-story restaurant. But you have places like that, and then you're going to have all kinds of stuff in Riverview Square. We don't know what's going to be there yet, but I imagine there's going to be some probably high-end retail there. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, like you said, there's definitely going to be a lot of opportunity. We need to send Jake to Shelby's Trio just for a day. <laughs> so, you know, like get your lunch at Joe's Garage and then get dinner. We need, since we've promoted them so much, that we need to record this podcast live there one time. That'd be fun, wouldn't it? That would actually be really cool. Yeah, yeah. we should do that. Mm-hmm. Did at, you hear that, guys? Yeah, up at the rooftop bar. Yeah, while doing shots. <laughs> no, yeah, shots of the news. <laughs> oh, there you go. There, you oh, like that? Uh-huh. We just started a new podcast. <laughs> shots of the news. <laughs> Here we go. Story number one.
Phenomenal. Well, uh, talking about uh, new things, let's talk about I-24 for a second. Our next headline is widening I-24, cutting federal spending, top priorities for Senator Marsha Blackburn in visit to Montgomery County. Uh, One of the things that she was very adamant about is wanting to. She said they're working on expanding I-24 because it is actually you just had a story about how crazy I-24 is you know um, I'm sure it was very difficult to pull off then even though that was a couple of years ago I don't know if it got more crazy since then mm-hmm. but oh, it has it's you know coming from Nashville to Clarksville it is the only interstate coming out of Nashville that's four lane the rest of yeah. them are so much wider mm-hmm. I-, I once saw somebody in a Mustang convertible with a couch in the back of their, I don't know how they did it, but they strapped a couch in the back of their convertible and they were going down I-24, taking up two lanes. I'm like, yeah, this probably isn't a good thing, but if you had another lane, this would probably be a little better. Well, and the thing too, we're, because there is so much growth in Clarksville and so many people going back and forth, one thing that I've noticed in the past five years on I-24 is what I call phantom accidents, where traffic just comes to a standstill. Oh, and yeah. And you think like, oh, there must be a wreck up front and there's nothing. It's just because a couple of cars were merging, so everybody stopped, and brake lights lead to brake lights lead to brake lights, and the next thing you know, you're standing still on I-24, and the only reason is because there's a, there a whole lot of cars trying to merge at some point. Yeah, it happens every day going into Cheatham County. Um, Kate tells me about that. Every, when she's going in, there's like this weird little kerfuffle that happens yep. every time right there. What did you call County. that? A, a phantom, phantom accident. Phantom accident. Yeah, because you, you think, you've, you've seen that, Katie, when you've gone down there and you're like, where is this wreck? She's it's got to be bad. around uh, my marker 31. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, I have noticed even heading into Pleasant View that it's it's that bad because like, mm-hmm. you just stop and you never want to stop on an interstate. Uh, yeah. I, I'm too scared to drive on I-24, which is why I never go to Nashville. <laughs> I-24 has needed widening for years, mm-hmm. and it's not something, even if it's approved tomorrow, that's going to happen in the next year or two. No, it'll take a decade or more. Yeah, so it, it's it needs to get approved now so that we can at least get that going because, I mean, probably four out of five days there's an accident out there mm-hmm. with fatalities. It mm-hmm. is, it's very sad. Especially when you have young drivers like you and like, you know, the three of us, Jake, you don't have any young driver. Well, yeah, I guess you're a young driver, <laughs> but there's some young drivers, you, you, you know, they want to go down to Nashville. You're like, I don't know if I want you on I-24. And you know what's going to take? I mean, politicians have been talking, you know, credit to Marsha Blackburn for mentioning it, that, you know, that she's pushing for that. Politicians have been talking about that for a long time. And I think what it's going to take is citizens to tell the our representatives to stop getting all mixed up in weird social issues and build us some dang roads. Right. Yeah. <laughs> you know, right. Yes, I mean, I they're agree. supposed to be the custodians of our taxpayer dollars. That's what they're there for. We don't want to hear arguments about the Bible and who's right and who's wrong on this or that social issue. We want some stinking roads. Well, hopefully this gets the ball rolling. Yeah. Well, and I think, too, it's important to understand who's responsible for what roads. Like we know that the federal government's going to be responsible for the interstate, but even here in town, the state's responsible for several of our roads. Mm-hmm. So it's going to take those communities working together and some people stomping their feet saying, use our taxpayer yeah. dollars for these things. We're tired of our citizens getting hurt because. Right. You know? Exactly. Mm-hmm. Make it happen. Stop Build talking. the dang roads. Make it happen. Yeah. Um, there was one comment on the ClarksvilleNow.com Facebook page in regards to that story, because the, the, the photo used is um, Senator Blackburn with Montgomery County Mayor Wes Golden. And someone said, every time I see the Montgomery County Mayor, I think he's a used car salesman. Listen, <laughs> Wes has great hair. Don't yeah. knock him for his hair. He does look like a mayor. He does. 
He's got a good head of hair, but I was like, oh, come on. That's a cheap shot. Yeah, people yeah. are always going to be nasty. Is it just because he's happy? He smiles a lot? Smiles, What's wrong with that? Good looking hair. Yeah. You know, don't hate on the guy. Yeah, yeah. for sure. But uh, yeah, that was that was a pretty good chat. Um, of course, she talked about federal spending too. Um, she'd introduced a, a couple of bills to help cut that back, and uh, yeah, it was a good visit. And I would have had more pictures, but I didn't bring a camera, so the county actually took that picture, which is why that's the featured image. Oh, okay, <laughs> fun fact. all right. Fun <laughs> Jake fact forgot toy. a camera. That's why we use that image. You know, you know Jake. she mentioned Senator Blackburn mentioned that the reasoning for her was Fort Campbell need to get in and out of here, which isn't yep. something that I had actually thought of. But if you go back to why Fort Campbell is as strong as it is, but being a fast response post, we do need our interstate. We do need our water. We do need our railways. We do need all that. That's why Fort Campbell is what Fort Campbell right. is. So we need to make sure that that artery into Clarksville, Fort Campbell, whatever, stays usable and that they can use it whenever they need. Mm-hmm. For sure. Yeah. And uh, we'll continue our discussion about roads, but we'll uh, move on to Memorial Drive. Memorial Drive and MLK Parkway improved plans unveiled by Clarksville Street Department. This was actually unveiled at a public meeting on Tuesday, which I attended. And it was not what I expected, so I'm going to throw that out there. What were you expecting? I'm so curious. I Usually you attend these meetings, and they're kind of a panel discussion more. Like you mm. sit in an audience, they do a little presentation, and then you have like a Q&A session. This was felt like a high school science fair. Um, you kind of just walked in, and then there was a bunch of these billboard-type things that you would walk through, but there was no rhyme or reason to these lines. Someone had a clock hooked up to a potato. Someone had the... <laughs> I mean, maybe. The, there was the, the vinegar the, the vinegar volcano. Yeah. And you can see in the pictures kind of how you have all the um, the boards up there and everybody's looking at them, but there was a lot of people there. I think there was a lot of people that had um, a vested interest in this, and I think it's just because it needs to be widened. And you, again, you know... Population's growing. We need we need roads. Build the dang roads is what. Chris There's said. a lot of people who are really concerned about our infrastructure. Period. That yes. is yeah. So um, it, it was a good meeting, and you can see all the renderings at ClarksvilleNow.com. Um, the street department sent those over, and uh, yeah, it looks like they've got some good plans. They're adding in some traffic lights on some of these intersections, um, which is really good. I'm always all for traffic lights, especially after power was out a couple weeks ago and I had to go through Wilmer Rudolph Boulevard without any traffic lights. Right. I have a whole newfound respect for traffic lights. I, in my, I never in a million years thought I would be scared to go through an intersection like I was with all the traffic lights yeah. around. Oh, and the windstorm, yeah. Because, you know, no matter how many times you say oh, it. Oh, my gosh. And it's on your driver's test. You're like, is it my turn? Right, right. <laughs> <laughs> Treat it like a four-way stop. But some right. people the, must have skipped that or didn't pay attention or forgot because people blow right through those. So mm-hmm. you kind of have to watch, like, is everybody else... Is it my turn? Are we Can green here? Mm-hmm. What was irritating to me is you would have one car go, and then the car behind it would just follow. Like, like they would both go at the to. same time. Like we're teaming up. Yeah, yeah. It's like no, mm-hmm. that's this. That's not how this it works. It was drafting. It <laughs> <Yeah>. was drafting. <laughs> drafting. <laughs> Saving on gas, Jake. No, but I, that intersection you're talking about. Memorial and MLK, mm-hmm. there, there needs to be a light there. Because that intersection, I go through it every day, twice a day. And, horrible. Know. And mm-hmm. if you, you you sit there and go like, it's going to be a while. Yeah, and people have gotten hit there. I mm-hmm. mean, it's, that's, uh, they, they need to get MLK Parkway right before it starts 
really developing. I mean, we've started to see yeah. some of the development along that road. It's There's going to be a lot more. We're, we're going to be joking about, hey, remember like 10 years ago when there was nothing on MLK Parkway and now it's wall-to-wall businesses right. all the way from Madison Street to the interstate? Right. That's what it's going to be. Mm-hmm. And so we we got to get these intersections right now right. in anticipation of the, the boom in, in business along the right. road. We're I think about we got to get them right, but the other thing we need to do, which we failed to do at Wilma Rudolph before it took off, is put some access roads. Yes, yes. We need some access roads out there. Let's. Mm-hmm. I know that that sounds crazy, but... If if we had that at Wilma Rudolph, it wouldn't be so crazy, mm-hmm. and that's different because you got a big median in the middle. Yeah, out there, out mm-hmm. there. Yeah, the good thing about this, though, um, you know, we're, we're always talking about sidewalks as well. In addition to those access roads, so this will have sidewalks and will also have bike lanes, which will be kind of nice. So especially with all of that uh, residential development through there. Did they say when they're going to start that construction? So I know not to go through there for. Yeah, Katie's got to find a new way home from work. Yeah, this is going to take a while. So right of way acquisition won't even begin until this fall. Now, and I I didn't look at the pictures on this. Are they going to take a memorial and cut through there and make it line up with old farmers? Yeah, kind of. I'm trying to because I'm not real familiar with the area. There's a couple different pictures, and I think they're just expanding that intersection. Mm -hmm. Gotcha. Okay. So there's they're adding I know they're adding traffic lights there and then I think it's extending to three lanes along with the rest of Memorial Drive. All right. Okay. Good to know, Jake. Yeah, there you go. Oh, that's going to cut into some people's property. That could take some time. Yeah, and that's that's what they said they had to acquire all the right of way and that does take a long time. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So there there's really no telling when this will get started because all of that has to be complete before mm-hmm. anything else goes forward. Um, I just it probably isn't cutting through there, but I always thought where Memorial does that big S curve before it hits the um, interstate. I mean, Martin Luther. If they would, there's that church there. If there was yes. some way to cut through there and, and make it with farmers be like a right. way, it would have made sense. Yeah, you're right. Absolutely right. But that's not what's happening. Nope. You Chris, see what is, Chris here, is Chris, pulling right? up the map on his phone. See right here, Chris. If we could just cut right through there. You see what? Yeah, you yeah. can't see what they're talking about because it's audio. But there's things <laughs> going on here. It's on face. It's on um, Clarksville now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, basically, if you need anything, you go to Clarksville now. That's right. You check the search thing, yeah. or you just click. <laughs> the project's going to cost about twenty six and a half million, mm-hmm. um, FYI, and it's part of the twenty twenty plus transportation plan, mm-hmm. which is also available on the city website if you want to check that out. So this isn't the only highway road that's getting revamped. Um, there's lots of others in Clarksville, and they're all available there. And of course, you can check out these renderings at ClarksvilleNow.com. Well, I know going home, using Memorial, it's backed up for about a mile every day. Hmm. Fix it. Katie Fix wants it. to get home sooner than the 50 minutes it I takes take her. I a long way. I avoid it. Yeah. Hashtag build the dang road. <laughs> build the dang roads. <laughs> All right. Moving on to our next headline. County takes step to reduce recidivism. Okay's buying transport. Uh, transport. Transport. Okay's <laughs> buying transport van for community corrections. Uh, this is something we covered a little bit last week. Um, okay, I'm going to ask, and I'm going to look like the blonde in the room, what is the definition of recidivism? Thank you for asking, because I didn't want to ask, because I didn't know what it meant either. <laughs> I so, don't want to feel stupid, but I did not know. <laughs> Basically, it just means reducing the amount of people that are going back into the prison system that just okay, got Okay, thank you for that. Who wrote bi- that, that headline, by the way? Was it word. you or Smith? 
This is usually a collaboration. Yeah. 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 Next time, let's just leave the big words out. Some no. of us have to. I would you know? like, no, I would like a big word every day to expand our vocabulary. <laughs> All right. Well, recidivism okay. is the word of the day then. You're here for that. I didn't know what it was either at the meeting. I had to Google it. So Ryan and I are just over here pretending like we know what we talk about. <laughs> Chris is like, I really think we need to use that word. Jake's like, okay, I'm not sure. What <laughs> Well, they kept saying it during the meeting, and I was like, yeah, I got to Google this. I don't know what this means. I am glad, Ryan, that I yeah. wasn't the only one. Thank I got you. you. you got I got me. you. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we got thesaurus smith over there we can always count on him for the word for those who don't know he's just over here shaking his head <laughs> okay back to the story yes, now that we yes. know now yeah, we get yeah. it okay so this is uh, this was something that was really interesting and it was interesting because not a lot of the commissioners knew what this really was going because they the didn't know the meeting. word either. Right. probably <laughs> that's smith what it wasn't was. there to tell them <laughs> so um, are you guys familiar with the community corrections program here in Montgomery yes. County? Yes, we are familiar with that. So I, I wasn't too familiar with that until I wrote this article, but it's actually really interesting. So it basically allows the sentencing of eligible felony offenders to a community-based alternative to incarceration. So yeah. instead of going to the jail, they're basically just being supervised. Mm-hmm. So this this day reporting center, this just launched last week. And this is basically a location where these guys go do their four hours Monday through Thursday you know, get supervised, doing whatever. They say productive activities. I think there's like some job training and there's some uh, mental health counseling and some other stuff. You know, it's really cool. And so the issue was, is there was several of these offenders that live way out in the county that don't have a support system. So they, they, they don't have a ride to get there. They don't have access to public transportation. Gotcha. So community corrections come to the county and they're like, hey, you know, we, we need a 15 passenger van so we can transport these offenders. So they're not just ending back up into the prison system and we're wasting more taxpayer yeah. dollars. And so originally the van was supposed to be used for Montgomery and Robertson counties because this um, community correction serves the 19th judicial district and that covers both of those counties. Mm-hmm. Montgomery County's like, well, let's, let's pump the brakes on that. You know, we'll fund it for Montgomery County residents only. So community corrections is like, okay, that'll work. That'll help Montgomery County residents. Montgomery County's paying for it. So why not? Okay. So at the informal meeting, I think some of the concern was that, I just don't think a lot of people knew what community corrections was and they weren't really sure what was happening. I think they thought these were um, people who were on probation that okay. just needed to go to like probation mm-hmm. meetings. Yeah. And so a lot of that was clarified at the formal meeting. There really wasn't a whole lot of discussion this week. Um, and it was actually passed unanimously mm-hmm. by the commission. Well, it so. just makes sense. Well, yeah, it does mm-hmm. make sense. After Jake was Googling all the terms they were using, it all made sense to you and you made <laughs> it make sense in the story. It does make sense, and mm-hmm. I think it's a good program. And this is one of those situations, I think, where that informal meeting structure, and then the two, I guess, what, a week later, two weeks later, you have the a formal week later, meeting. Yeah, yeah. It, it gives the commissioners an opportunity to do more research, right. learn more about mm-hmm. it, because I think a lot of people, their instant reaction to, hey, we're going to give people who have committed crimes a ride to some center it, is, no, we're not. They're criminals. Right. They need to go to jail, you know. Um, but if once you research, you realize, okay, wait a minute, this actually will save taxpayers money, mm-hmm. keeps people from just ending up back in jail because they missed a meeting. Um, you know, it, it, it's, it helps them reacclimate back into society. And, and the, the commissioners did a little bit of research and found, yeah, this is a good idea. So, yeah. And that's the whole reason community corrections even came about. It was actually established in 1985, but that's the whole reason was fiscal responsibility. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. like, why, why waste taxpayer money? sending these people back through the system when we can just rehabilitate them. It's, right. It's better for everybody. And we right. just learned that widening the road is costing $21 million. A van's going to cost, you know, 
with the rust proofing package, 30 grand. <laughs> well, this you one's 65,000. It is a 15 passenger van. Inflation. Leather seats, apparently. <laughs> got the heated seats for the, for it the van. It is a 15 passenger van, right? It's big. You got to figure that's not a big market for 15 passenger vans. It's either yeah. churches, youth hockey teams, mm. correctional offices, and families that have so many kids, they get a reality show on TLC. Mm, that's yeah. not a huge market, so I can see why it's so expensive. But still, cheap compared to other things. Right, yeah. yeah. It'll, it'll save money in the long run, yes. and it'll help um, offenders reacclimate to society yes. a lot better as well. So, uh, But that was, that was pretty cool. And um, there was a lot of city and county news this week. Uh, our next headline, Clarksville Gas and Water to Charge Industries Reservation Fee for Large Volumes of Water. And this is something that kind of slipped under my radar initially because there was so much happening in the city council meetings because they're like three and a half hours long. We can wrap things up a little sooner if any of the council people are listening. No, I'm just <laughs> <laughs> I, I did tell uh, Councilperson Holloman that the other day. I was like, well, hey, thanks for making it not three hours this week. But uh, he just laughed. Get you some no-dos what we need to do. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But anyway, so it did slip under my radar, um, but it was fine because I had other stuff to cover. But uh, this did come up during a special session. They called a special session of the city council to basically approve the gas and water department to give them authority to negotiate basically multi-million dollar contracts with large water users. And the reasoning behind this makes perfect sense. Um, the way that Mark Riggins, uh, the director over there, explained it to me, he's like, say, you know, you have a water plant that's capable of producing, you know, I think it was, let me find his example here. I think it was $15 million? Yeah, he's like, uh, he's, uh, huh? Yep. Yeah, he said, let's say we have a large company that comes in and wants 2 million gallons of water a day. And just for ease, let's say we have a water plant that costs $100 million for 10 million gallons of water. Somebody comes in, they want two of that. So we know that's 20% of that plant. So they need to pay $20 million because it's taken up a large amount of our resources. Yeah. I mean, that's 20% of our water capacity. Right. So. Yeah, and especially, you know, we have all these uh, – this is something I was talking to Chris about just a few days ago. We have all these battery manufacturers that are coming in, and those use up a lot of water because that's a huge part of battery manufacturing. Mm-hmm. So um, I think some of this might be geared towards that because, you know, it's not going to affect regular residential customers. It's just going to be large industrial users. My question on that, and I don't know the answer, is – and I, in theory, I get it. It makes complete sense. But then on the flip side, on the other side – we're sending, spending so much money to recruit these industries, you know, giving them tax breaks, giving them breaks on their land, doing all these other things. Is that going to hinder some of that recruitment if all of a sudden they're going to be paying more for water? I, I, I'm not saying I'm for or against it. I'm just, no, just yeah, that's, in thought of that. That's actually a really good point. I hadn't thought about that. Yeah, but at some point they've got to invest in the communities where they're locating, you know, because if we build a water plant and suddenly we've got, you know, Three industries come here and say, oh, okay, well, we want about 75% of the water that you were going to be ending up giving to your residents. Um, you know, that can be a problem. Yeah. Oh, no, I agree with yeah. you. And I kind of agree. But if we're competing with four other markets to get them here, is that going to be the thing that stops? I, I'm not saying I'm for or against yeah. either side. Yeah. I'm just saying, let's, th- you know, right. that's some th- some, another that's piece to think about. That's probably something that they had to have some serious conversations about with the IDB. Yeah. I that's would guess. what I, I would yeah. hope. You know? Yeah. And I, I will say, the reason Tennessee is so attractive to a lot of these big businesses is because there's no state income tax. Mm-hmm. So Tennessee will always have that going for it. Clarksville will always have that going for it. So I, I think this is more of just – I think this is to protect Clarksville residents because, you know, you, you can't have somebody coming in, like you said, Chris, and taking half the water. 
Um, but yeah, I do see the other side of that too. You know, is this going to hinder somebody from coming in? But I'm sure there's deals that can be met with that too. I'm sure like there's I said, pieces these are, that we just don't know yeah, about. Yeah, these yeah. are contract negotiations. So it's not like, okay, you're coming in, you automatically have to pay $15 million. Right, right. I'm exactly. sure there's a negotiation yeah. process with mm-hmm. that. You don't get free water, but you got to pay something. Right. <laughs> and then um, another aspect of this story or that actually happened at the um, special session was um, they had to extend their capital funds project. So I think they ended up adding taking out another $16 million in debt issuance for some of their capital projects just because of inflation, which that's a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um, I believe for the Exit 8 complex, it was over $6 million. For the new parking garage, it was over $4 million. Uh, Spring Creek Parkway was over $55 million. And then during the meeting, they amended it to include $90,000 for the fire administration and training facility. So, um, and, and, that might, and inflation might be playing a role with this water thing, too, especially with them building that new plant. I'm sure supplies are not cheap right now. Well, not mm-hmm. only them building the new plant and so many new people moving in, so many subdivisions going up. There's just a lot that play. That there's a lot of hands in that water. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. For sure. Yeah, and with those capital projects, I mean, a lot of those were priced out before um, inflation started going crazy. So, you know, you prove $100,000 or something and then – Comes around time to actually write the checks, and now we're talking about one hundred and fifty thousand dollars. Right, that's right. the way inflation has mm-hmm. yeah. mm-hmm. gone up unexpectedly. We all love inflation, that's oh, for yeah. sure. I know my grocery bill does. Thank <laughs> goodness my egg prices have started going down. Yeah, no kidding. I know for a while eggs are like, kids, we're not no, put those eggs yeah. back. Those are expensive. I would break an egg or crack one on the way home, and I'd be like, man, that was like. Three dollars. <laughs> right, I know, right? Right, right? Well, if inflation gets too bad, though, Jake, we know you can always get behind a deli counter and start slicing some meat. Yeah, <laughs> you know? I guess. Better make sure it's stocked with bologna. <laughs> the good stuff the and good the bad stuff. stuff. But, uh, yeah, so there's that. Uh, moving on to our next headline. Miss Tennessee USA crowned in pageant at Austin Peay State University. On a lighter note, um, was it Lee Irwin that took all these pictures? Uh, no, that was uh, Alicia Archuleta. She's one okay. of our freelance photographers, and this is the second year in a row that she's um, taken photos for us at the Miss Tennessee USA pageants. She does a great job. Yeah, I was going to say, I was like, Lee's just taking a picture of women. That's <laughs> There's just a 70-year-old man walking around with a camera. I was like, I wonder how that's going over there. <laughs> oh. <laughs> just a regular Saturday night for Lee, but I mean. Well, he used to judge that pageant. He used to, yep. Yeah. He used and to they, be a judge, yeah. And they told him, you know, you're getting a little old for this. Right. And, you know, probably. He, did a, he did a great job, though. I'm and sure honestly, they couldn't get a yeah. better judge. One yeah. thing I was impressed looking at the pictures, they're great pictures. Mm-hmm. But, he did the sheet again. But some of the heels. Mm. Like I, that is one of those things that I'd blown away. It's and an art. All it's the respect art, yeah. for women. Now, Katie, who wrote the who wrote that article? Um, basically, uh, I did based on Alicia's well, uh, photos you, and the coverage. Was it you that followed up and did the article on how many women from Clarksville that were actually in there? Yeah, yeah. yeah I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah, that there were so many Clarksville contestants. Mm-hmm. How yeah. many Clarksville contestants were there? Because there was seventy um, overall. Wasn't there, there were three in the. Um, uh, in the in the pageant itself, there were two um, Miss Tennessee USA teen contestants, and there was one um, Miss Tennessee USA contestant, um, Sydney Young. If mm-hmm. I'm not saying I think so. incorrectly, I thought that was pretty neat. Yeah, and of course, the new Miss Tennessee USA is Miss Downtown Nashville, Reagan Ringler. I think I said her name right. And then Ms. Clarksville got robbed. <laughs> I want a recount of the votes and get Lee Irwin back on the judging panel. <laughs> And then uh, Miss Tennessee Teen USA is Miss Marvel 
City Bly Allen or Bly Allen. That's who it is. Miss Marble. I didn't know Marble City was a place. I just Again, robbed getting leaner <laughs> went back on that judging panel. When you first started saying Miss Marvel, I thought her parents must really love the adventures. <laughs> I legit thought that was her first name for a second. I did. I thought, wow. I was like, wow, I'm not reading this with any pacing yeah. whatsoever. I'm glad you clarified. Yes. Her name is Bly Allen, so congratulations, Miss Allen. From Marble City, that's a place, okay. not a name. Well, a lot of these, um, a lot of the names of these titles are sort of made up nicknames for various cities. Like Queen City. Yeah, like for a while we yeah. had uh, Miss Queen City was um, one of the Clarksville contestants. One of our, like, I think we have Miss Montgomery County and we have Miss yeah. Clarksville. We've had other names for, you know, like Miss Rivers and Spires. Or okay. Ms. I don't even know. When is a Miss Clarksville <clears throat> or Miss Montgomery County pageant held? I do not know. You know? Where's Lee Irwin? Somebody get Lee Irwin on the phone. I think it's obvious that the three of us, and I say Chris, Jake, and myself, have never been invited to or been involved in any <laughs> beauty pageants. I haven't pageants. been invited to. I wasn't going to speak for hey, you. I will tell you, though, in 1989, I was Miss Randolph County. See, that's why I didn't yes. see. In Pocahontas, Arkansas. Mm-hmm. There you go. You were you Miss Randolph County? It's not that big of a deal, I swear. It How was old were you? 18. I didn't want to do it. I worked in a convenience store all summer long. I am not a beauty pageant type. And I worked in this convenience store that summer between college, and there was this couple that came in all the time. This is a true story. And they had just bought a convertible Corvette. Oh, nice. And they talked me into signing up. They said they wanted me to sign up for this beauty pageant because I could ride on their Corvette in the parade. Oh. <laughs> true story. So, I mean, I mean, we're talking like eight people. It's nothing of but that you won. significance. I was, yeah, but yeah, it was eight people. But here's the question, <laughs> everybody, because what year was that? 89. How big was your hair? Oh, it was huge. <laughs> huge. So you have the teased bangs? I had everything? the teased bangs. Tease I had the Jesus. wings. You know, I used the can of Aquanet. I, I graduated high school in 88. So it was like this. It was either the summer after I graduated or the next summer. I don't remember. But it was Wow. Partially responsible for the hole in the ozone layer with all that Aquanet <laughs> to I keep was. that hair I up. contributed, yes. Wow. Do you have any photos of, of, of that? I still have the crown. You know you don't. I do. Yes, I do. <laughs> wow. That's it's missing awesome. like the biggest like grindstone, but I still have it. Oh, we can get that rhinestone replaced. Uh-huh. We know a guy. I I'm definitely gonna, yeah. know a guy who can give you some rhinestones. <laughs> His name is Kevin Kennedy. <laughs> Kevin, if we ever need you in Clarksville, we need you now. I need the rhinestone replaced. And I sit on the back of that Corvette in the parade and wave to everybody. Did you do the, did you do the pageant I wave? Did. I oh, did. that's I did. fantastic. Mm-hmm. Oh, we, to we go need, back in time. We need that to happen again. Yes. You've still got the crown? I still have the crown. <laughs> Veterans Day Parade is coming up. I know. Brian is wearing the crown in the Veterans Day. <laughs> there we go. There we go. Mm-hmm. A whole new definition of Queen City. <laughs> <laughs> it was oh fun. It was fun. That's good times. All right, cool. Well, that pretty much covers all of our news this week. Uh, thank you guys for joining us again this week. Not thank you. On us again. Thank no, you for bringing us all together because this is a lot of fun, and I hope that people listening to realize, can hear how much fun we have in here. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Every week we learn something. You know, Jake can cut meat. I learned about yeah. th- I learned what that word I can't even pronounce is. Recidivism. Recidivism. Katie was Miss Randolph County, 1988. Mm-hmm. You know? And I used to think I was a big deal until I yeah. found out otherwise. <laughs> I mean, well, and I learned today that Ryan drove down the interstate with the back. Of the- <laughs> oh, yeah. uh, it looks like we're having a meeting after this podcast. <laughs>